World Podcast number 342 for Wednesday, February 27th, 2013. Welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. I'm senior editor Dan Morin, joined, it seems as always, by senior writer Lex Friedman. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Lex? I'm good. We've been preparing this topic for just for ages, I feel like now. We've just, we spent a lot of time doing some research. Uh, we've thought a lot, I think, about the implications of today's topic. Mm-hmm. It's not something we just picked out of a hat. No, you might say we've been on Watch Watch. Indeed. No, I wouldn't say that. No? I would never say that. Okay. Well, I might say it. So we're going to talk a little bit about wearable computing today. Um, if you're not familiar with wearable computing. Dan will give you the whoable, whatable, and whyable. <laughs> uh, so things like smart watches, uh, Google Glass, I don't know, smart socks. What other, <laughs> what other kind of things do we have? I think it's possible that things like the, you know, the jawbone up. Fitness devices. Right. Sure. All right. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and... I think what started us off on this subject is that both Lex and I currently have smartwatches. Lex, you've got a... See, I want to... Every time I I flip the letters in my head, I want to call it a meat watch. It's not a meat watch. I I just started testing a few days ago a Meta Watch. Uh, They're at MetaWatch. They're not at MetaWatch.com. They're at something else. (laughs) They're at (laughs) MetaWatch.org. Uh, <laughs> so they're not looking to make any money off this is what yeah. you're telling me. And uh, I'm specifically reviewing the frame. They have many, many models of the MetaWatch now. I'm reviewing the frame. What makes the frame different from the, their other models? See, I thought you might ask that. And the answer is I have no idea. Uh, it's not the color because you can get... Is it the style? It's, is, it's, it the, is it the frame of the it's, watch? It's a little bit the frame. Like when you look at their their products... On their store, they have many different models which tweak their, not just their colors, but, you know, the, and, and not just the band style, all that's a big part of it, but, you know, how they're framed and what materials are used. I'm wearing a white frame. I was concerned when they told me they were sending me the white one. I thought it might be, feel too feminine for me, but I actually kind of like the way it looks. It's, it's, it's got that white iPad, iPhone style look going for it with some chrome accents, and I like it. All right, tell me a little bit about what the MetaWatch does or can do for me. The MetaWatch uh, mows the lawn and does taxes. It's pretty good. Oh, I, I will buy four. <laughs> the MetaWatch... I don't have a lawn and I haven't done my taxes yet. <laughs> the MetaWatch is... Uh, it's got... Well, how are we going to describe? Oh, you know what else I think is different between these watches possibly is their screen size, but I can't swear to that yet. It does kind of look... I'm looking at the their page now and it does look like... I don't know. Maybe that's a trick of the light, but it looks like one of them is bigger than one of the other ones. Yeah. But so the MetaWatch connects to uh, your iPhone or your Android phone, in my case, to an iPhone. And it you it can show you the current time, which is a great feature for a watch to have. And you can set various other modules that it syncs with via Bluetooth uh, from your phone. So you can get things like weather, stock uh, tracking. details from your calendar. It can, in theory, tell you about incoming phone calls or calendar notifications. It can tell you about email notifications, but it does not get those from the mail app, bizarrely enough. It currently requires that you log in. It only works with Google accounts. You have to log in within the iPhone app to your Google mail account, and then the watch can know about new mail you receive. The app is a little bit 
clunky and a little bit not, I'll say. It's it's easy enough to figure out the app, but you use the iPhone app and it's got this grid that represents a, a four, a, a, well, it's a grid of two by two, let's say. And you can, if you tap and hold, you can add and subtract different apps from the watch, uh, from the watch screen and configure how they should look. And you can sometimes make the clock take up all four quadrants or you can make it take up just two or just one. And here's the really, the clever thing to me about this meta watch is that you can set more than one screen on the watch. So I have four home screens configured and I press one of the hardware buttons on the watch to cycle through them. So if I am in the mood to see stocks, calendar and time and phone all at the same time, I can have a four by four grid up. But most of the time right now I'm settling on my time plus weather forecast view, which is just two, two by one screens out of the two by two grid. Did that make any sense? No. Not a, not a lick of sense. Well, I sometimes I just use two modules, Dan, that fill up the whole screen on the watch. That's pretty. That's pretty brave of you. Yeah. Um. So so to contrast that, I have been using for the last couple of weeks a Pebble, which was a <laughs> Kickstarter campaign. Tell me about that, Dan. Would you like to know? Um. So the the Pebble, which is just sort of starting to launch now, I was a Kickstarter backer, as I know you were, but you opted for one of the color different color faceplates. I, I opted for a straight black one. And so I got mine first. Yeah, they didn't mention when they said, hey, you should upgrade and get a color instead. They didn't mention that when I went to the red, that it would mean missing out on my Pebble experience by many moons. Well, you know, and it's funny because I actually backed at the option. I had options for colors um, because I pay, I backed at the higher level, but I opted for a black one because just because aesthetically, I thought it would look better. Um so the Pebble is relatively simple. It doesn't seem to do quite as much as the Meta Watch right now. So essentially, it lets you pick from a variety of different watch faces. Uh, and I know our our colleague and grand poobah, Jason Snell, just wrote a review of this, I believe, which is up on uh, Macworld.com and TechHive.com, I believe. I believe so, too. Uh, so you've got a couple different uh, faces that it comes built in with, including... I, I actually really like... I agree with him. He really likes the text watch face, which actually just spells out the time so i think that one's says, probably going to be the most popular that's what it, it looks says, like, it looks really good is the thing it looks really nice i have to tell you the number one and i even wrote about this we can put it in the show notes for Macworld and tech hive uh but i one of the reasons i was interested in getting a smartwatch was because my whole life i have craved a, an analog watch with digital hands yeah. what's really amusing to me is that in his review that he just mentioned jason mentions having owned exactly one of those watches the only one i ever bought died before it arrived and it never got replaced like it was dead on arrival, I should say. But that's one of the, the watch faces that you, you know, have available to you on your Pebble. I, I thought I would use that one more because I wore an analog watch for a long time and I really liked having an analog watch. But I yeah, I don't know. It doesn't it's not quite I don't know. It it's it's nice looking, but I wasn't quite sold on it. Um so in addition to having many time telling features as a watch often does, uh, you get a couple other options, including uh, the ability to clo- to control your... So again, this pairs with your phone as yours does with Bluetooth. Um, and you can control your music on your iOS device, presumably your phone. Um, you can set alarms, which are, I believe, local to the watch. And when they go off, the watch will vibrate slightly. It's got a, a vibration motor in it. Um, and other than that, uh, it gets notifications. Um, by default, I think it gets your iMessages uh, and text messages. It does the phone call notifications and lets you uh, hang up or answer it from the watch, which is a lot. It doesn't have a microphone or speaker in it, but it basically says, you know, pick up the call. Uh, 
and it lets you do other notifications as well. Now, this is where the tricky part comes in because, unfortunately, uh, there seem to be some. It's it's a it's a it's an ambitious project, <laughs> and so I think they're still working on the software. And it right now has a lot of little bugs. For example, when I get phone calls, um, I don't actually get the caller ID notification currently. It just gives me the number, which is a known bug. There is also a really annoying bug where if you, in theory, it can get notifications from any of your apps that send like notification, you know, text-based notifications. Uh, but you have to do this wacky dance where you go into settings and, you know, turn them off and turn them on again. Um, and it's unclear whether that seems to be mainly a uh, iOS limitation uh, currently. But it is very annoying because if you lose connection to your watch, so for example, I often put my phone into airplane mode at in the evening or something like that, so it kills all the radios, and that means that when I then turn it back on the next morning, uh, I if I'm it's sort of back to just getting messages and not even my emails or anything like that. So that's kind of disappointing. What's interesting is that I haven't been having that kind of connectivity issue with the Meta Watch so far. Um, and that might be because of its, I think, narrower focus on what notifications it's willing to show or ever plans to support right now. Um, in that, you know, it's you give the app access to your calendar. And so then the app says, okay, I'm going to look at your calendar and I'll send you notifications. doesn't look at the times that I've said I should get notifications. It gives me a notification, I think, five or ten minutes before my calendar events appear, even if I have set them for a different time for my phone to give me the alert. So it's basically the app is you give it connection, you know, access to your contacts and access to your calendars and things. And then when it wants to show caller ID, it looks it up itself. You know what I mean? So instead of using the the phone's native apps, it's doing it all on its own app and sending that data. I don't know right, if that's well, the same Pebble. Well, Pebble, Pebble has its own app as well for iOS right. and Android, um, but it's more limited in terms of what's available in there. Uh, for example, right now it's mainly, it's got, you can use, you can set it up to do the watch faces. So you can transfer additional watch faces via the app. Um, and you can also uh, test it, uh, basically send a ping from your phone to your, your watch to make sure that it's connected. Um, but really that's about it right now. And, and the app is very nice. It's just extremely limited. You know, it's, it's not quite as clunky, it sounds like, as maybe the MetaWatch is, but it doesn't do as much. Right. The MetaWatch app is clunky, but once you figure it out, it's, it's kind of fun because you swipe through the, fa the, different, the four different options you have for your watch's home screen. And as you swipe through them, your watch changes automatically as if you're touching the watch too. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's clever, even though it's clunky. I have to say, though, that of my favorite thing about this metal watch so far is when the watch vibrates on my wrist, first of all, it's a good place for, I don't have phantom wrist vibrations the way I have phantom pocket vibrations. Oh God, no, no. It's, it's much more deliberate. I feel like with the pebble as well, in terms of I've never, I will frequently miss stuff. If yes. my phone's just on vibrate, I'll be like, I missed a, I don't understand how I missed that call, like, or that text message. But when it's right directly on your skin, you do not miss that. You don't miss it. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just loving if I'm sitting around eating lunch or something. You know, if I take lunch during the workday and then my wrist, I usually leave my phone and iPad in the office because I try to disconnect at lunchtime. And then my watch can say, hey, idiot who tried to disconnect yourself, you have a meeting in 10 minutes that you forgot about, so you have to cut lunch short. I find that very helpful. And it's just exciting to look down and see all the details of my appointment and not have to go running to see why my iPhone is beeping. Well, and I, and I really liked it. The first few days that I had the Pebble, I was I was in a training offsite, so I wasn't at work. But I would occasionally get messages about more urgent things. So not like for every email that I get, but you know, from people I've designated as VIP or from or I get iMessages, and it let me 
quickly and sort of surreptitiously check uh, the response, you know, or, or what somebody was sending me without feeling like oh, I'm going to just derail this whole conversation by taking my phone out and looking at it and then replying to something. And, and then sure, if I, if there was a message that merited a reply, I can take my phone out and do it then, but I can also kind of leave it until, you know, when I have a moment, I don't have to check right then. And, and in my experience, um, very few people noticed I was wearing a smartwatch or noticed they, I mean, there, there didn't seem to be any notice that like the watch was vibrating, right? Like it wasn't just, it's not distractingly vibrating. And part that's by, you know, design. If you're wearing it as your, on your wrist, as you said, it's very localized in terms of the, the vibration alert. And it's definitely not, I mean, we've all been probably in places where somebody's put their phone down on a table and you're like leaning on the table and all of a sudden the whole table vibrates and you're like, <laughs> and everybody checks their phone. Um, so this was nice because it was a little less disruptive in that regard. And that's that's the thing I've enjoyed about it the most. Also, screening calls from your wrist is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it it feels, I wouldn't say it's a niche product. It's it's an unnecessary product right now. I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out why do they need a smartwatch? Why should they want one? But once you're actually using one, it's, yes, it's, a, it's by definition a luxury item, but it's pretty cool it's I'm, I'm finding it not goofily useful but genuinely useful oh i i agree um and it yeah it definitely it's one of those things a couple of my friends have mocked it especially because the pebble is you know it is a bit larger and clunkier than your average watch right um because it does more it has buttons on it you got to do stuff with it um and so you know i've had a couple of people like oh things looks it looks a lot bigger than clunkier than than i might want in a watch um it certainly I think the Pebble actually looks pretty good as far as watches go, um, but it's certainly not going to be confused with a, you know, a nice Rolex or something like that. Now, one thing that uh, a lot of these smartwatches seem to be doing so far is they're using, uh, well, the misconception is that they're using an e-ink display, right. but many of them are actually using low-power LCD screens. And it's, I mean, it's it's a look. And I, I thought that I, I haven't seen the Pebble in person yet, but I don't mind it. Uh, the, the, the Meta Watch is doing the same thing, and I don't mind it so much. I mean, I, as Dan, I was showing Dan my watch before we started recording, and the screen is a little bit uh, too reflective, and you have to get the angle a little bit right to see it, but it's very crisp and clear. And this watch gives me the option of pushing a button to invert what is in ink and what is not, you know, what, oh, so the I, I can, LCD right, I can flip the LCD, exactly. I can flip yeah, that so around. The, the, the Pebble by comparison has, it's actually pretty good. I agree. There's some glare because there is this covered, like curved, slightly curved plastic window above it. Right. But it also has a backlight, which you, which turns on whenever you touch any of the buttons or even you can sort of tap it really hard or shake your wrist and it will turn on, which is probably a little more ostentatious than you want to be about it. Um, the one it's a little weird sometimes when using the backlight, just because the, the turn off time for the backlight is so fast that I'll be scrolling through the menu and in between menu items, it will go off and then come back on again. I think they need to tweak that a little bit. Um, but it, it is, I found it not hugely, um, obvious in terms of wearing a watch like it wasn't something that really distracted from having a conversation with somebody like you, both the alerts part of it or just the the fact that you're wearing it does the does the pebble do the uh the, the same thing that this meta watch does where it'll it can optionally alarm you if you get too far away from your phone it does not do that so this has built into it this uh this you're too far away from your phone alarm. The idea being you shouldn't forget your phone. I like, I like that you said that it alarms you if you watch it. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Are you aware that you've walked away from your phone? It's um, well, if you could see the icon that it's using to represent this, you would understand. But it's um, I, I have the option turned on, although I can't say I've gotten the warning yet because I have my phone with me so that the watch won't go off. Now, if you're a really attentive reader of all of our sites, you might have already spotted the fact that I'm using a Windows phone right now. The Meta Watch, neither the Meta Watch nor the Pebble works with the Windows phone, so I have now return to having my iPhone on my person, even though I'm using the Windows phone exclusively. So the iPhone is merely turned on without any, uh, it doesn't have a, a SIM card in it, so it's got Wi-Fi. So only around my house, it goes in my pocket with uh, with uh, Do Not Disturb turned on, just so that it can receive notifications to then send in turn to my watch, even though my, my main phone is still the Windows. And you, the don't, Windows you, you, you don't want to be scared every time you walk away from it, is what you're saying. Exactly. I don't want to sense. get constant buzzing. You left your phone somewhere. And also the, the, the watch would have very little functionality were I to separate it from the phone since it gets the weather data from the phone and right. the calendar and everything else. All now, it can I'll, do is tell time, if you can imagine. That's <laughs> a watch that just tells time? What's next? What's, that's useless. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention about the Pebble and one of the reasons I think I opted for uh, funding the Pebble is that They've actually tried to make it into more of a platform, which is to say they're offering a software development kit so that people can write apps, basically, that will be able to be run on the Pebble. So the couple of the examples they give are things like a, like a golf range finder and something that works with RunKeeper for tracking your runs and stuff like that. Um, and so the ability to invest in something that's more of an ecosystem than just a device where it's you know kind of dependent more on what this you know manufacturer wants to do with it i think really is what intrigued me about it um because we've seen you know huge app communities for so many mobile devices to date uh that i feel like there are people who will come up with really clever things now that said it's still in very early days so there really isn't much at the moment uh in terms of that it's interesting you mentioned that the, the MetaWatch 2 has this kind of api that they're welcoming developers to start building apps on um, there's a, an option in the iPhone app to allow the allow the watch to have access to other apps on the phone, except for me, I'm unable to turn that option on. <laughs> it doesn't work. I don't know if there are apps that are already meant to support the Meta Watch, but I can't get them to work anyway, so it doesn't matter to me yet. I'm still investigating that one. But the one place where I see Meta Watch falling down, and I think that Pebble is not as much, is on... You know, MetaWatch seems to be very focused on the technology and they're less focused on making it super usable and intuitive for the user right now. Because, for example, the, the watch came uh, and it had no manual or anything with it. And I had no idea what to do. I didn't even know how to use the charger, which is an unusual, um, like a... Like it kind of looks like a potato chip thing. Or, or like a, right, a bag closer or a clothespin. Um, and you sort of squeeze the, the bottom of the watch inside there and connect the cable via USB and then it can charge. But then I finally noticed on that sheet that everybody ignores that has the FCC regulations. At the very top, it says quick start instructions with a link. And not even a short link, like an extremely long link. And then you go read this link with the instructions and there are no screenshots or photos it's just this wall of text with many many steps and it's instead of having one set of instructions for android and one for iphone they're all combined and it says if you're using an iphone user skip step three except for part b and then go ahead to step four and you're, what so i mean it's actually it turns out it's a, a surprisingly compelling product uh and i don't know maybe it's all tech folks running it and so nobody's thinking about it maybe i'm selfish because i'm a writer and so i think about that side but i'm from what i've seen so far although i don't have my pebble in hand yet 
Pebble really has that communication side down too, where it feels like they're trying to keep users informed. It looks like yeah. you're going to tell me I'm wrong. No, I, I, I was not going to say you're wrong. I, I think actually they did a really nice job. One of the things I was surprisingly impressed with when it showed up was the packaging is really good. It actually reminded me a lot of the Kindle packaging mm. where it was a cardboard box. You flip it open. It's all like custom molded and everything. It's all laid out. It's got a little like printed on the inside cover. It says, go, here's where you go to like set everything up. It's like getpebble.com slash help or something like that. And so, it, and it walks you through the process of, you know, uh, what do you have? Do you have an iOS device? Do you have an Android? Here's how you set it up. Um, the charger is a little bit more intuitive. It's magnetic too, which is pretty cool because uh, I think they had to do that because they they made it waterproof, right? Or uh, water resistant anyway. Um, so it just clips on just like the MagSafe connector. Uh, that is actually one thing I, I have noticed. I don't know about the MetaWatch, but the battery life on the Pebble has been a little bit disappointing. And I know they've also said they're aware of that and are trying to figure out what is the, you know what's causing that because i find eh, i probably get three to four days out of it and they've said that it should run in theory on a charge up to seven i don't know what the meta watch's battery life is supposed to be but uh so far early on i'm impressed it's um i've been using it for a couple days now and i'm still in the mid 80 percent battery life remaining so it's pretty good that's pretty good so now I'm curious about this because we've talked a little bit about this and how it integrates into our lives as a as a device. Um, and I'm curious about whether you think this wearable computing, I don't know, it's not quite a revolution. I think it's, it's, pre, pre, uh, it's probably a little premature to call it that. It's a pre-evolution. It's a pre-evolution. Well, I mean, but this seems to be one of the things a lot of people are talking about these days is what is this sort of the next step? We've gone from, you know, computers on our desks to computers that we carry around with us to tablets that we, you know, carry around with us to smartphones that we, you know, stick in a pocket. Um, that wasn't where, exactly the order of the evolution. It was not the order. I, 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 This I is not, not a chronological. We also left out the ENIAC and the ENIAC, so it's all right. Yeah, I went from computers. That, all right. So Charles Babbage, (laughs) but well, no, you're, I mean, yes, the answer to the question, you can't ask The trend has been smaller and more personal. Um, And so is this, I mean, is, are these devices here to stay or is this just a fad basically is my question because people have tried these kind of things before. I think it's not a fad. I think that what's, what's, I think right now it's still very early and right now you're very aware of the fact that this is a computer and you have, you know, you're thinking about programming your watch and setting it up and all that. It's, you know, it's right now it's at the geeky forefront, but it's genuinely useful. You know, when they sometimes, you know, I had a, a, they wouldn't have called it a smartwatch, but I have had watches in the past that had fancier features, like those ridiculous calculator watches that people used to wear. You have like one of the ones that syncs with like atomic time somewhere. <laughs> right. My friend had one of those. And I think, you know, that's clever. And, the, you know, there, I had a watch that could record up to 60 seconds of audio, and then you could play that 60 seconds back again. And that watch, I mean, you think your pebble is big. That watch was basically two of your pebbles left to right, so wide to fit the speaker and the microphone and everything. And it was hilarious. And it was it, great. I'm sure the novelty value of that didn't wear off quickly. <laughs> it had a, a bright orange button for to start the recording, and I got in trouble for using it in synagogue. But anyway, you know, they're they're making this stuff genuinely useful now. And I think it's just going to keep going. I think that we might find that it'll uh, some of these separate devices that we have will get joined together. 
because right now, for example, I have to wear my I have to wear this is this is a, a zeroth <laughs> world problem. I am burdened with wearing my jawbone up on my right wrist so that I can wear my smartwatch on my left, and then I've got a Fitbit in my pocket, and then one day perhaps I will wear Google glasses on my face. I don't think we're going to keep having all those different devices. It doesn't make sense. There's no reason that my watch couldn't also count my steps, for example. Right. Well, it's it's a it's a unification convert you know. Uh, convergence issue just like just like we went from carrying ipods around right to carrying right. iphones around um i and i see these more as accessories right now is the other thing that seems very much like these are things that you know it's sort of this personal hub idea of the idea that you've got a device that is kind of the computer that you carry around and then you have you know devices that kind of hang off it um I can see why something like a Google Glass might be distinct from a watch, unless you want your watch connected to your glass, um, or you want to wear your watch on your eyes. I don't even know how that would work. Well, no, but I, so I'm interested in the Google Glass though, because I've been reading. I haven't quite finished reading yet, but I was reading, <laughs> reading uh, Josh Topolsky's piece on The Verge. Uh, yes, about, I read. I read the trying whole thing. It. I well, you're faster than I am. I, have, I mean, I, I have one section left. <laughs> Um, so just in case you haven't yet read the, uh, Josh's piece there at the verge, can I call him Josh? I'm going to call him Josh. Uh, Google glass. The idea is you wear these glasses that have a, uh, a special attachment on them. That's the computer. They talk to your iPhone or Android phone and they can, you, you talk to them. So you can sort of have a, a heads up display that's in the corner of your vision terminator style except instead of using it to kill people you can use it to see who's calling you or get directions uh, and stuff like that or even do uh video chatting <laughs> and uh you talk to glass and say you know okay glass take a picture or start shooting a video and call dan morin or give me directions to dan morin's house or don't tell dan morin i'm coming to steal all his things etc i'm interested you know i I think for sure if somebody gave me a pair of Google glasses and said, you know, you can play with this, I would certainly play with it. They're saying that the first ones are going to cost 1500 bucks, but imagine that they get past that. Maybe it's a, a, a $80 luxury purchase. I'm not 100% sold that I would want it anyway because I work at a desk eight hours a day. And what, what, how are you going to walk, you want to walk away from your desk and put on your glass so you can still be connected when you're not at work? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I work, I work at home as you do. I mean, I, I do travel a decent amount. And so that could potentially be a situation where some of these things are useful, like the directions aspects of it and things like that. Um, but I, I, and, you know, a lot of people have made fun of how silly it looks. <laughs> Granted, it it doesn't. I mean, to someone like me who's been watching like sci-fi films for thirty years, it actually is like, oh, of course, we finally hit that stage. But I still think it would be very strange and off-putting to be talking to someone and aware. And I, you know, I think this is the big problem to a certain extent with all a lot of these wearable device ideas is we already have gotten frustrated with people who spend all their times at their phone, right? We all know people who are like when there's a spare second, they pulled out their phone and they're staring at their phone and checking Twitter or checking their email. We all are you. those people, Dan. We are. In fact, we are these people. I, but at the same time, you know, sure, I guess there's a feeling that if you have this thing on your face, you don't need to pull out your phone and get distracted. But there's also the somewhat distracting idea that 
they're always looking at something that's not right. you. There's, and the, so the, having the, a convers- the staring slightly off center and you're clearly not paying attention to me. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh, that's a big piece yeah. of it. And it's, it's like it's like the people it's like I go to a bar or a restaurant and they have the TVs hanging on the wall. I hate that because it just the very fact that they're moving and active draws my attention and it kind of sucks me in. And so I, I really prefer to have my back to a television in a bar if I can help it. And this just feels like it would be super distracting. And, you know, even every time I try to think of the situations where it could actually be useful, I think there are very few real world ones to me right now. You know, uh, I think John Moltz on a very nice website or no, John Moltz on Macworld.com <laughs> made uh, the point that it's there's some precedent for stuff like wearing something on your face to, to communicate with Bluetooth earpieces. And so today you see people who you have to play that game of is this a psychopath on the street or are they on the phone on their Bluetooth headset? <laughs> Sometimes and, both. Right. It can, it can certainly be both. I don't mean to diminish the omnipresence of psychopaths but you know so you could wear glasses instead and walk down the street and be talking to a person on the phone that way fine <laughs> i think i'm gonna do that i'm gonna wear my glasses and just walk yes. down the street saying okay glass yeah. <laughs> take a picture i mean that's that's potentially reasonable but and it, certainly if you're going to be in some place that's hands-free where you're going to want to take photos then yes this is a perfect opportunity you don't have to carry a uh, different camera because you can just talk to the glasses on your face that will take a picture instead but that's not a problem i have been encountering very much well, and if i need directions i'm probably in my car and i can just have my phone be my gps device up on the dashboard i don't want to wear something that's going to you know maybe crash and then cause me to crash like i also i, I mean stuff. i think that there's an issue too with the uh, with the, even just the voice interaction, I mean, we've we've spent a lot of time using things like Siri um, for you know voice interactions with our with our mobile devices. But I, you know, again, it comes back to that Bluetooth problem of well, are you talking to me or are you talking to your computer? And how often? Like, there are a lot of times if you're in a you know watching your kid give a dance recital, right? Are you going to want to okay, glass, take a picture? Like, are you going to want to do that and then disrupt everybody around you? Right. I mean, I think. Some and we haven't to, even gotten into the creepiness factor of the, you know, well, if everybody's oh, wearing yeah. a camera at all times. There's I a mean, lot of there's that a lot could of be good for on. you know, the the fact that we can all be everyone else's big brother might help a little bit with people being evil in certain situations, but it's also a motivation to be it's a tool for doing evil, right? If I can film anything at any time, right? Well, and the and not just because you could do that now. It's just there's a stigma attached to it, right? Because if you hold up your phone and start recording something in public, right. then people see you. Whereas if you're wearing this thing on your face and you could be recording at any time, then that, yeah, that changes interactions a lot. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sold on it. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea. Um, I'm intrigued that it's it seems to have gotten some positive reactions from people, but I, it's always hard to tell with these new technologies whether it's just sort of the novelty factor of it that's that's spurring on those kinds of reactions, or whether it's actually something that's useful and innovative. Right. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't know the the glasses. Also, speaking of someone who doesn't wear glasses except for you know sunglasses, I don't. I don't know if I want to stick something on my face. Right. I got LASIK so that I wouldn't have to wear glasses anymore. Now, no, you, you should get it undone. Get your money back. <laughs> Can you undo my laser surgery? And while you're at it, put a computer in my eye. See, I was thinking. I would be. I mean, I would not actually want to do this because I've worn contact lenses for a long time too, and I'm done with that. But in some ways. If they can ever get this technology to fit where it actually just goes in as a contact lens, that's going to be even worse, right? You have to feel that the technology is going to get smaller and smaller, and that's going to be much less obvious that well, you're for wearing me, it. I, I never want to stick anything in my eyes, so <laughs> that's yeah. going to save me on that one. Yeah. 
Also, I don't like the idea of something that's in my eye that has to communicate with like radio waves to something else. That's just, a little creepy too. No, for sure. I, and I would say this, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those people who says, well, Google Glass, that's crazy, which I think was John Moltz's point. You know, they're, they're experimenting and people are interested in wearing technology. But I, uh, I feel like from what I've seen so far from Google, that's not quite it. It's, I, it has to be both less on my face and less in your face. And I, I, I don't know. It's to me, I can't imagine a scenario where I'm saying, well, now is the time when I want to be mostly connected to the world, but still able to be distracted by everything that's going on online. That's, and I, I don't know that I want to get to that place. I like that. I can make a, a very deliberate choice of I'm going to stare down at my iPhone or iPad, or I'm going to, you know, put, stare put at it the away reality. and interact with somebody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like and, that third, and, I mean, and so I think to, to sort of bring it back around to what we were talking about before, the idea of something like a watch makes sense in you know that it's it's available and there to alert you if something happens but it's not like neither of these watches seems like something like where oh i'm gonna stare at my watch for 10 minutes and ignore people around me right it's not an interactive device in that sense it's more of a hey this thing just happened uh you know it lets you triage stuff right it lets you okay, is this something I need to devote more attention to right now or can I kind of shove this away for later? And, and it's the same idea behind, you know, notifications on your iPhone's lock screen, right? Yep. We're going to let you know you got an email or a text message or a phone call, you know, and we're going to remind you that next time you look at your device, but you don't need to necessarily do it right now. Yes. Well, we I'll solved that you. problem. I'm really glad. I'm really glad. <laughs> uh, there's a number of smartwatch products on Kickstarter and, and elsewhere. So, I, I mean, it seems clear that this is a... Even if it is a niche market, it is a market where there is a lot of interest right now. So I guess the one thing... Well, let's address the elephant in the room. The one thing we didn't discuss, which is... Is Apple going to make what? Yeah. Is that your answer? No. Or are you just agreeing with the question? I'm, I'm agreeing with the question. Uh, I, I don't, you know... Apple will definitely make a wearable computing device within the next three years. There you go. That's my point. Wow, prediction. that's bold. I, I actually think it'll be sooner than that, but I'm giving myself a little leeway. I don't know if – I think next three years is a pretty good window. I agree. It will probably be sooner than that, but it depends on how much time they've been spending RD'ing, R&Ding it before this. Like it's not like I think they saw all the Kickstarter projects and was like, whoa, a watch. It's perfect. What a great idea. <laughs> Let's make one. Um, I think that you know, if this Tim is Cook something – says, why are you still here? <laughs> Go to the watch country. Why, why do I not have a watch on my wrist right now? Um, it does seem like it's an area where it's the kind of thing it seems like they would be interested in throwing their hat in the ring, especially if they feel like they could do it better than everybody else. And, you know, to me, the things that Apple has proven it's very good at are making a whole thing be a display, which would give a lot more room on your watch if they could do such a thing. Mm -hmm. And Apple doesn't mind giving itself uh, an unfair advantage. You know, there are things, challenges that both of our smartwatches have in getting data from the phone onto the watch. And one would imagine that if Apple wanted to have a watch that could connect to the iPhone, it would... It would tear down those walls, at least for itself. Apple's watch could get any data it wanted from your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, so much for our Pebble and Meta watch, though. Right. Well, I don't mind having more than one smartwatch. This way I can accessorize. I can. Color well, I thought you want to wear them all iPhone. at once. Like, uh, like wasn't there a guy on Parker Lewis? Didn't Jerry used to wear, like, three watches? Um, yes. Yeah, there we go. I've dated myself. <laughs> um well, that's the other thing, by the way. You talked before about those. This is totally unrelated and tangential, but you talked before about those. your friend who had the atomic time setting yeah. itself watch. Yeah. I really appreciate that 
my watch, my smartwatch sets itself based on my phone, which in turn sets itself based on a cell phone tower. And if your Mac has its time set by the Apple time clock server and your watch is set by your iPhone, your iPhone set by the cell phone tower, they actually all are in sync. And I like that instead of having my alerts now cascade from one device to the other, you know, the Mac beeps and then 20 seconds later my phone and then sure. 15 seconds later my watch, they're all having these triggers happen at the same time, which while cacophonous is uh, – you know, it's better than a, in sequence. Well, which is really funny, though, because I think this would drive my dad crazy. My dad, historically, when I was, I think probably still to this day, sets his watch like 10 minutes early. I don't know. I've never understood it. It's a very, <laughs> that way he's never late anywhere, I guess. But it seems like that then you got to do math every time you look at your wrist. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. Obviously, no actual knowledge about anything Apple's working on and what such a device might look like or do. Um it's possible, you know, obviously a lot of people have pointed to things like the iPod Nano, uh, the last generation, which right. was people were very interested in turning into watches. It didn't work very well because it's not connected to anything, right? Like if you want to use it, it was as a music player. Uh, you it could did, use it, it as a even, watch, but it didn't do much other than that. And to me, the, the killer there was that it didn't show anything until you interacted with it. You had to tap it to wake it up to show right. even the time and... I'm yes. not going to wear a dead. I mean, it had not been designed decided to, right. you know, designed to be a watch. It had designed been designed to be an iPod. Um, so I think whether they learned, you know, saw that experience and that people were using it as a watch and were like, oh, this is something interesting that we should investigate uh, or not. I, I imagine they're working on something just because I feel like they have their fingers in a lot of pies and they're always working on something. Um, I don't know that it'll show up this year. I would guess in the next year. Is my feeling, but I'm not. Who knows if there's such a thing? Anything, you know, right now it's a lot of noise, not a lot of signal. I do have to say, though, to me, the biggest disappointment of the smartwatch era that is currently getting ushered in is that it'll no longer make any sense in movies for people to say synchronized watches. So I think that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank my guest, senior writer Lex Friedman. You can just call me Lex Friedman, but you're welcome. And we'll see you next time on the Macro Podcast. <laughs>